Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Are you excited, Hornets fans? I know I am. Draft lottery yesterday, and the Hornets move up from number four. They get the number two pick in the upcoming 20. 23 NBA draft, which promises to be a, one of the most talent-rich drafts in modern NBA memory, if you believe the analysts who focus on this subset of NBA life uh, on a much more rigorous basis than we do. Uh, this is an exceptional class filled with exceptional talents, and the Hornets, say one team, are going to have their pick of the group. Helping me dissect what took place on Lottery Day, including some instant reactions, some history about the number 2 pick for this Hornets franchise, and some of the possibilities that we could be hearing about over the next month or so. He is my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, here with me again. And Rob, I am very, very excited. I think this is a phenomenal landing spot to move from four to two. There was basically a 12% chance of getting specifically the number two pick. I believe about a 25% chance of being in the top two in general. I'm only a math minor, but I do know this. Going into the lottery, there was essentially an equal chance of the Hornets landing in the top two or falling all the way to six. I like moving into the top two a heck of a lot better. Yeah, when you take a look at it, obviously you're a little disappointed if you're watching it live like we were and you see that there's only two teams left and you're the one that gets the second overall pick and not the first overall pick, especially in a year like this. But at the end of the day, like you mentioned, you didn't move down. You didn't move to eight or seven or six where things can get really crazy when you have to worry about teams in front of you picking players that you really, really like or trying to work the phones and try to move up to get that player that you really think is going to be a franchise-altering player eventually at some point in their career. So again, it stings that it's not one pun not intended there, but two is a great landing spot because the possibilities are basically endless. You can go in any direction with this. You're going to hear a lot of names over the next couple of weeks, over the next month or so about who fits with what. You look at this specific player or this specific player, how does they, how do they fit with the way the roster looks like and stuff like that. And that's something we've been talking about on these player podcasts over the last month or so is the future of what some of these players look like. And we all said, well, we got to hold the phone until we see what happens in the draft lottery. Well, that time's finally come, and now it's time to kind of really dig our heels in and see who's available and what the best fit is and let the speculation begin. And we'll talk later about how you know the fit might work with the current group. The Hornets are in a much better position than the other teams that were in the top five or ended up in the top five. Uh, in case you missed how the uh, lottery landed here for the Charlotte Hornets and the rest of the NBA, San Antonio. Antonio gets the number one pick in the draft. It'll be the first time uh, basically since Tim Duncan that they are picking number one overall. Portland moved from outside the top four up to number three. Houston ends up with the number four pick and number five belongs to the Detroit Pistons. They're the team that falls the farthest based off what their pre-lottery odds were to where they end up. But in any case, 
Charlotte here by moving up to number two. This can be a game changer because, yes, fit is going to be at, at some point a little bit of a concern, and maybe that'll come more into play in terms of what the immediate return will be this year. But inevitably, when you're picking this high, you're looking at all-stars. You're looking at potentially Hall of Fame caliber talents. And the mandate, I think, this is just me talking here, is to find that all-star. So in the first year or two, does it matter how this person fits with the remainder of the roster? Of course it does. But long term, you're looking for someone who you want players to fit around that guy. And that's what I think Mitch Kupchak and his group are going to be focused on here in the next few weeks. Speaking of Mitch Kupchak, he spoke after the lottery results came in, gave his instant reaction to the media. And of course, human nature right, sets you up to get greedy. You know, so when it was that the two the two teams left, yeah, one in number one, right? And um, you know, for a second, you know, uh, there was a little bit of oh, shucks, right? Didn't get it. Uh, but overall, to go from four and not to go back to eight, and then to go from four to go to number two, you know, it's it's an incredible uh, stroke of luck. Now, I wish there was some way we could have prepared for it and, you know, done something to improve our luck other than lose games, right? So, yeah, incredibly excited, you know, about getting, you know, a pick like that. And, um, you know, now, of course, you know, there'll be the rest of Chicago and then there's a lot of work to do coming up. Mitch Kupchak has been in or around the NBA for more than 40 years, so I think he goes through the process, specifically with the lottery, a lot faster than most people do, but I think even if the amount of time it takes to get to where Mitch is, excited about being the number 2 pick, uh, it might take a little longer for the average fan who wanted, coveted that number 1 spot, but inevitably you got to be excited about what the Hornets have in front of them. They're inevitably, in any draft, there is more than one all-star player, more than one franchise-changing talent. Sometimes that player is evident to everyone. All the time, people think that player is evident to everyone, but as you move into modern times and you start drafting 18, 19-year-olds routinely, you find out that sometimes the experts don't have it quite down yet uh, when you're picking these guys at this point in time. And sometimes it takes four or five years to really suss out who was that elite talent. But I know when you're picking number two, you got a much better chance of finding them than if you're picking six or eight. And Mitch Kupchak excited, as are we here on the Hornets Hivecast, to see this pick come down. we got a lot to talk about here now. We know where the Hornets are going to pick come June 22nd. We know that it's going to be a very highly talented player and one that's going to get a lot of fans excited, which is why I want to encourage you out there to dial 704 Hornets, get in line for tickets. Uh, they're going to be going fast and uh, might, by the time you're listening to this podcast, uh, have a lot fewer of them available than we did when we recorded it. So please do call 704 Hornets. Join us next season to the Hive with just better health. The Hornets were going to have a much better season, but now moving up to number two, obviously the excitement is escalated exponentially based off what happened on lottery night. When we return, we'll talk about the history of the number two pick for Charlotte, for Mitch Kupchak, for the league in general. That's next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on a very exciting edition of the Hornets Hivecast Draft. Lottery night was last night, and the Hornets 
had some luck on their side. They move up from number four to number two. Generally speaking, they had about a one in four chance of moving to the top two and a one in four chance of falling to number six. Number two is a lot better spot to be. So Hornets fans should be excited here. Rob Longo, let's talk a little bit about the number two pick, what it has meant historically in the NBA for Charlotte, for Hornets general manager Mitch Kupchak. Let's begin with Charlotte. The franchise, the city has a great history of drafting second overall. You've got Alonzo Mourning, a Hall of Famer, drafted number two back in 1992. Who who probably would have been rookie of the year that year if it wasn't for a guy named, oh, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, that guy was pretty good too. Kind of a a similar situation where it was clear-cut number one. Charlotte had its pick of the the rest of the field and picked an exceptional player in Alonzo Mourning. Emeka Okafor, he was the rookie of the year uh, in 2004 when Charlotte picked number two overall again. So there's a really good history of picking number two here for the Charlotte NBA franchise. Uh, Generally for the NBA, I went back 40 years. You know, I had a lot of time on my hands uh, between our player profile podcast and lottery day. So I went from the 1984 draft, the Michael Jordan draft, all the way up to basically 2020. Give guys a a little bit of time to become a bit more what they are going to be and not just base things off projections. 37 drafts I analyzed. The number one pick overall, it becomes an all-star about 75% of the time. But when you go back to number two or three or just take the top three in general, you're looking at a better than 50-50 chance of finding an all-star. And specifically, picking second or third, it's about a 46. So again, basically a 50-50 shot that you're going to find an all-star here based off the talent and based off the history of this pick. And that gets even better when you look at Mitch Kupchak, the general manager for the Charlotte Hornets. Keep in mind, prior to being here with Charlotte, he was in the same position for the Los Angeles Lakers. He had several picks in the post Kobe Bryant period where he was in charge. He got D'Angelo Russell, who was traded away, now back with the Lakers and playing in a conference finals, I might add. He has become an all-star player. Brandon Ingram was part of the trade that netted the Lakers Anthony Davis, but he has become an all-star in his own right and a pillar of the Pelicans franchise. Both those guys were selected second overall by Mitch Kupchak. In both of those drafts, there was a clear-cut number one can't-miss generational talent. Carl Anthony Towns, Ben Simmons, I'll leave it to you to all out there listening at home to decide who would you rather have, those two guys or D'Angelo Russell and Brandon Ingram. But regardless, there was a clear consensus number one going into that draft. Mitch Kupchak had his pick of the rest of the field and he nabbed an all-star in both cases. And that really is the goal right here. You keep in mind there is always going to be more than one all-star in every NBA draft. I've yet to find a draft where there was only one great player in it. There's always multiple talents there and it's for the Hornets to find their guy who's a good fit now now, and more importantly, can lead this franchise into the future. I mean, this is what you want, right? You want to be able to hit on that guy, and this is a great opportunity to do that. I mean, even when you go back to the Hornets' recent success, LaMelo Ball third overall pick, you go back a little bit further than that. I mean, just the talent there that's in that top five area is so, so full, and especially probably in this class, too. I mean, obviously, there's the clear-cut number one, but it could be maybe 1992 all over again where there's that clear-cut number one. Shaq goes first overall to the Magic, and then you got a guy like Alonzo Mourning there waiting in the wings that just played so well together with a guy like Larry Johnson. And that team just played so well moving forward. They were able to get a couple of pieces around them. I mean, those are basically the glory days of the Hornets right there after they were able to build through the draft. I know you had a number one overall pick in LJ, but, I mean, LaMelo Ball, for everything it's worth, 
one of the youngest all-stars in NBA history, you're not far off, even though he was the third overall pick a couple of seasons ago. So there's just so much opportunity here. This is where you say you just have to absolutely hit. This is where you say you need to get that all-star, that bona fide player that you can build around with a guy like LaMelo Ball. Now, of course, you're going to hear a lot of names over the next couple weeks or so. We don't know. We're not going to crawl into the mind of Mitch Kupchak. We don't know what Mitch is thinking, but he's definitely had his fair share of going out and scouting and looking at these guys, and a lot of them are going to come in for workouts, obviously. You'll hear from Mitch about how that process works here in a little bit but I mean for the most part this is what you want in a season that just nothing went right for the Hornets the injury bug bit them they we just turned the couldn't page. get anything something we're went turning right. the page something went right we moved up in the lottery and now we can move on from there so I mean again I know it's not number one I know we talked about that a little bit in the first segment but what more can you ask for other than number one it's number two you didn't move back. That's we, all that matters. That's big, but moving to number two, that is significant. You you do, in many respects, control the draft moving forward here because there is such a clear cut by many people's estimations, number one. But there's going to be time for San Antonio, who holds the number one pick, to do their due diligence. And uh, and, and who knows? We, we've been surprised before. Last year, at this point in time, everyone thought Jabari Smith was going to be... I was one of those guys, too. I thought he was going to go number one overall. And then the day of the draft, it's like, oh, Paul Bangaro, first overall. There we Go. Yeah, and these were good year. It wasn't even ten days before that the mind started changing. It was like ten minutes yeah. before that mind started to change. I, I don't from the think consensus. that's going to happen this year, but be less a lot cooler like, if it did. Maybe I don't l- know. Less likely. Uh, Mitch Kupchak, as I mentioned, he's picked number two several times. Charlotte has picked number two several times. Here's what Mitch had to say after the lottery about picking second overall. More times than not, the, the number one pick. Generally speaking, you kind of know who it's going to be. You know, yes, you know, this is clear cut. So, you know, that, that player will not be a factor. Yeah, yeah, we'll give us a little bit of time to focus and sort through what we got to sort through. We talked a little bit earlier about the mock drafts and there only being three players and then there's a, a drop-off or whatever. I'm not going to say that's the case. So we will, you know, spend time on some other players that we consider top 10 players and we hope to bring them in. Mitch Kopchak speaking about some of the advantages of picking second overall. He also referenced a little bit something that we're not focusing on a lot here on this podcast, but we will focus on quite a bit in the coming weeks, and that is the Hornets have four other picks. And that's not to say that Charlotte is going to make five total picks in this draft, but it does mean they've got the kind of capital that's necessary to move around and get guys you want, in theory. Are they going to be able to get two top five picks? Unlikely. But as he said, if there is a guy who has a top 10 talent who starts to slip, maybe the same way that last season, a Bryce McGowan's, or last draft, a Bryce McGowan's, the Hornets had a first-round grade on him. He fell to the second. Charlotte moved up a little bit, got him. Clearly, he has performed very well since joining the Hornets. So maybe you do find a guy somewhere in the late teens, in the 20s, that you're able to use your draft capital, move up, and get that you would have expected to be gone in a top-10 position. So there is a lot of focus on here for this upcoming draft. It'll be a big one for the Hornets. But the biggest headline of them all, the Hornets get the number 2 pick. And with the history for Charlotte, for Mitch Kupchak, for the NBA, you've got a very good chance of getting an all-star here. Well, and I know all the hype here is moving up to number two, but we haven't even talked about the 27th overall pick, and I know we'll do that a lot later, but I went back and looked a little bit here. Mitch Kupchak had the 27th overall pick as the GM of the Lakers back in 2015. Do you know who he selected? Kyle Kuzma? No, Larry Nance Jr., Pretty solid also pick good there. Pick. Very also good pick. Very good for pick for a top 
for a mid twenty round pick. So I mean, and we've seen what Mitch has done in the draft the last couple of seasons too, with that back end of the lottery, mid first round, jumping back in, getting a guy like Kai Jones, Mark Williams. You know, obviously one pick outside the lottery when it was all said and done, but there is talent to be had there. I mean, look at Giannis. Giannis was what seventeenth overall when Fifth. he was drafted. Fifteen, same difference. I was two spots off. That's close enough for me for not being a math minor. <laughs> and then you have guys like obviously Nikola Jokic, who was a second round pick. I know that's a little bit of a unicorn, a little bit of a far fetch, but hey, Bryce McGowan's was a late pick, and they were able to move up and get him last season and able to convert that from a two way contract to a full time deal, like what we've seen from him in just one season in the NBA. There's talent to be had. You just got to go out and find it. There might be a little bit of a diamond in a rough, but 27 is a good landing spot for a multitude of reasons. So you never know what's going to happen there on top of what you have at number two. That's true. Also, by the way, Kyle Kuzma was a 27th overall pick. Just wasn't, How do you remember that? I got lucky on okay. that one. I got lucky. Just so did the Hornets. The Hornets have gotten lucky here. They have moved up to the number two overall pick in the 2023 NBA draft. It'll take place on June 22nd. Between now and then, a whole lot of tickets are going to get sold. So get excited, Hornets fans. And if you aren't there already, get in line to get out to some games. 704 Hornets, I guarantee you it is going to be a very exciting summer and a very exciting season to come here with Charlotte adding to LaMelo Ball and Mark Williams and all the talent they already have in this organization, which hopefully will be a lot healthier this season, adding the number two pick. It could be a total game changer for this franchise. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some of the possible picks. We're also going to hear from the Hornets representative there. Mark Williams, last year's first round pick, was there at the lottery this year. Certainly brought the Hornets a lot of good luck in the later stages of the regular season and brought more luck on on lottery night. We'll hear from him. His experience being on the lottery Deus after this here on the Hornets Hivecast. Yeah, it was different. It's like a different, a different feeling of nervousness because it's like not really in your control. Uh, but it was pretty cool, you know. As soon as I saw Detroit get five, I knew it was about to get a little shaky. So um, I was prepared for anything in the top four. So once we, once we got past four, I was like, we're good from here. That's Mark Williams talking about his experience on draft lottery night. Got to say, seems like a pretty good one. Hopefully the Hornets don't need a draft lottery representative anytime soon. Hopefully they'll make good on the number 2 overall pick, add that player in with Mark Williams and with LaMelo Ball and have much better health luck for the Hornets this year and be far, far from the lottery and, in fact, be in the playoffs for this upcoming season. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on this edition, a post-lottery edition of the HHC. and It's time to talk about potential picks. Now, I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying we know nothing about what the Hornets were thinking of if they land at number two. What players are they going to be looking at? Mitch Kupchak said after the lottery that basically between 100 and 150 players will make their way through Charlotte. Not all of them intended to be selected, maybe number two overall, but it's some of the other picks. But they're going to look at a lot of players, as many as they can, and get a read on this draft and where the best talent is and who fits in best for Charlotte. I think there are two ways to look at how the Hornets are going going to approach this pick. Number one is the Hornets already have a decent roster of talent. You've got an all-star in LaMelo Ball. You've got Terry Rozier, who's been a 20-point-per-game guy. You've got Mark Williams, who had a winning record as the starting center for the Hornets as a rookie. You've got a lot of guys here, both 
really experienced and still in the infancy of their careers, but already with some great returns who, if you add the right guy to, those guys can continue to lead the franchise for the next year or two and get them into the playoffs. But the hope whenever you're picking in the top two or three of any draft is you find an all-star, you find a game changer who, if he doesn't take the reins right away, eventually takes control of the franchise. You look around the league, guys like Evan Mobley with Cleveland, top three pick. These first couple years, it was all about do everything you can, great, continue to get better, and they've added some great talents around him. But I have no doubt in my mind the thought process in Cleveland for long-term success is eventually we want Evan Mobley to be our best player, to be that kind of guy. And that's the way you have to think. So there's two ways of looking at this. One, how does whoever the Hornets pick fit in with what Charlotte is trying to do right here and now, and that is make the playoffs? And two, long-term, maybe it's three years or five years down the line, who is most likely to become an all-star and a franchise leader? And if you could dare to dream, a Hall of Famer who can change the fortunes of the franchise. I really like that Cleveland comparison with Evan Mobley. I think that makes a lot of sense because when you take a look at the top four or five teams in this draft lottery, between the Hornets and maybe Portland, the way those rosters are constructed on some of the other teams, like the Spurs, for example, I mean, you can maybe name, I mean, you you can name probably four of the five starters. Well, everybody's going to name one of them pretty soon. But for the most part, there's a lot of names in there you don't really know. The roster just isn't there. Portland obviously has guys like Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons, and they have a core there. It just didn't work out this season, similar to the Hornets. Detroit, we don't really know what's going on with them. They have like five centers on the roster that are all under the age of like 25. It's really bizarre going on there. And then you got Houston, who... Obviously, with Ime Oduka, has taken a big step, at least coaching-wise there, probably, and we'll have guys like Jalen Green that can really ball out and stuff like that. But for the most part, I mean, when you take a team like Portland or Charlotte, you would assume that they're probably only one player away from being a playoff contending team, playing tournament at postseason at the minimum, because you go back to that Cleveland example. They get Evan Mobley. They have those Twin Towers look with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, and then they go all in and they make a big splash with a guy like Donovan Mitchell. I'm not saying the Hornets are going to go do that or anything like that, but it gives you the roster flexibility to do a couple different things with it. Maybe one of your pieces don't work out. Then you can have that draft capital and that young prospect capital to make a trade like that for a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who is a former All-Star, was an All-Star. So there's just so many different ways that you can go with this moving forward, but you just absolutely have to hit on that top three pick that we've been talking about. The key is the All-Star. And it's it's A, that the player that you draft becomes the All-Star talent that you build around, but also in terms of how much of an impact you can have, having another All-Star on the team helps everyone exponentially. The Hornets have that. LaMelo Ball is an All-Star caliber player who's only getting better. So that person is automatically going to become a better player because LaMelo Ball is feeding them the ball and is running the show for the Hornets offense here to tip things off. Similarly, as you said, Portland has Dame Lillard. Not a top five pick, but he's an all-star. And so he makes everyone around him better. And when you look at some of those other situations, San Antonio, Houston, Detroit, there's a couple of players. They're on still all far of, off. Well, yeah, but there, there are a couple of players on those rosters who were taken top five sure. who have a chance of continuing to bloom and become the all-star for their team. But they don't have one yet. And so when you're looking for that instant turnaround, is Cade Cunningham going to take that jump? Will you know whoever the Spurs take number one overall? Will that be an instant All Star, a rarity in the NBA? Uh, will you know Houston see one of their recent top three picks make that big jump? We don't know, but for Charlotte, we do know 
If LaMelo Ball is healthy, he plays at an all-star level. And so Charlotte, in the here and now, they're adding someone who might have that kind of talent level to a current all-star. And long-term, maybe they find the running mate for LaMelo Ball that takes this franchise to the next level. Let's hear from Mitch Kupchak one more time. Here's what he said about how he's going to approach the number two overall pick. You know, well, we have a bunch of picks. You know, we're going to focus on all the picks, but, you know, spend an awful lot of time on number two. And, you know, get up close, you know, with who we consider to be the, the prospects, hopefully get to work them out. You know, you're allowed to bring them in twice, interview them and begin the process. You know, I'm not sure the agents, representatives, you know, they're going to have a lot to say in, you know, exactly how this unfolds. You know, I'm hopeful that it doesn't get dragged out until a week before the draft where we don't get a chance to spend time with them and work them out until then. I'm hopeful that it happens much sooner, right? But, you know, we can only control what we can control. That's all true, but for the here and now, the Hornets kind of control the draft. They've got the number two overall pick in a class that is one of the best in recent memory. They've got four other picks that will allow them to move up and around and find some other talents for the here and now. Maybe they stock load some talent for later, or maybe they just try and uh, identify. I don't know how the Hornets are going to approach it, but they hold a lot of cards in this draft. I don't think things could have gone much better for Buzz City than they did on draft lottery night. That's why we are so excited for draft night, June 22nd, and we're excited for opening night coming in October, and we would love you to be a part of it. Call 704 Hornets for all your ticket information. Rob Longo, in the coming weeks, we're going to dive into the mock draft world here a little bit. We're going to talk to some of the biggest names and experts in the mock draft industry and talk to them about what the Hornets might be looking to do with the entirety of their draft stockpile with all five picks, and most importantly, what they might do here at number two. There's some big, big names here. Obviously, Victor Wembanyama is considered by most to be the number one player in this draft. But as we said a little earlier in this podcast last year, there seemed to be a clear number one, and that person was not picked number one overall. Paolo Bancaro ended up being the number one pick, ended up being a pretty good one, at least based off the early returns for the Orlando Magic, having one rookie of the year. But uh, Victor Wembanyama will clearly be one of the big names in this draft class. Scoot Henderson from G League Ignite. He has been long considered 1A at one point in a clear top two pick, uh, or top three pick, I should say, in this class. Brandon Miller out of Alabama has a ton of talent and has had a ton of buzz around him as well. The Thompson Twins from Overtime Elite. There's a lot of great players in this draft class, uh, and Charlotte is going to have the second pick overall in it. A very exciting time for Buzz City Basketball. I can't wait. I can't wait to get into these mock draft podcasts and uh, and for June 22nd to be here. I want to know who's joining us here in Buzz City. It's a very exciting day, a very exciting time for the Hornets. Rob Longo. For, for full transparency, for a little inside baseball, Sam's been running the mock draft simulator, the lottery simulator, for about the last two months now, so I can only imagine what these mock drafts are going to look like. Sam's probably going to text me at about 3 in the morning one day and say, hey, I just saw the latest mock draft. This is who we're taking, so wouldn't put me out of the wouldn't wouldn't put it past you by any means the imagination but probably stay tuned to Hornet social media soon as well I'm sure we'll have a little shindig here at the hive here coming up in a couple weeks for the draft we'll probably have some sort of draft party I would imagine so not going to leak anything out there quite yet but I know we've had some in the past that some other picks in the lottery so why not for number two I can't imagine it being so so might be a great opportunity to come out here and uh, if there's any 
season tickets. If there's any Hive Society memberships left at that point, you might be able to go out there and take a look at them for yourself. But uh, might want to call 704 Hornets just in case to solidify that because you never know what's going to happen between now and uh, June and could have a lot going on here. It's a lot of hype here around Buzz City. You read my mind, Rob Longo. 704 Hornets to jump in line for Hornets season tickets or a ticket package of your choosing. Uh, It's going to be a very exciting time. Hornets have jumped into the number two pick based off the draft lottery, a winning lottery. Last time the Hornets made a jump somewhat similar to this one. It was to number three overall. It was LaMelo Ball. That worked out pretty well. Hopefully this one does as well. In Mitch Kupchak, we trust. Rob Longo, thanks as always for joining me here on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Pleasure is always going to be a busy month coming up. It sure will. Thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We will talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. Brought to you by Senta the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.